sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Second hour of the program. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1. KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com, as well as on the KTGR app. It's Andy and Brendan and producer Chris. We're talking some Mizzou men's hoops. They have a big road game coming up against Pitt in the SEC-ACC Challenge in just uh, about an hour or so. We'll talk about that and what Dennis Gates' group might be able to do in that game at 525. Brian Smith, the Mizzou wrestling coach, joins us at 545 to talk about their start to the season. And in a few minutes, we'll talk more and speculate more about where Mizzou could land in a bowl game, where they'll be in the college football playoff rankings tonight. Lots to get to when it comes to that. You can get your thoughts in at 875-KTGR. But first, before any of that, it's 5 o'clock. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Big Show. Number 1. You want to trade away for curtain number 1? You can have curtain 1. The newest and most updated college football playoff rankings come out tonight. I don't see any rationale for teams like Ole Miss and Penn State leaping past Missouri. Tigers have been at number nine, and those teams didn't have any more impressive final weeks than Mizzou did. So I don't think the Tigers should be any danger there. Louisville will obviously take a tumble after losing to Kentucky, although the reality is there's no world in which two ACC schools don't make a New Year's Six Bowl, either that or the college football playoff, which is all one in the same. So really, the Tigers just have to hope that there's no chaos in the Big 12 and the Big 10 this weekend. I really don't see there being chaos in the Big 10. But where does Missouri end up, and who would you like to see in a bowl game? We'll talk about it in a few minutes right here on the Big Show. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. Cody Schrader named a finalist for the Doak Walker Award, one of three finalists for the award that honors the best running back in the nation in college football each season. To me, Cody should win it, and he should end up on the Heisman stage as well. Those finalists will be revealed on Monday. And USA Today released its version of the SEC postseason all-conference honors. Cody Schrader, Javon Foster, KAD, Luther Burton, and Darius Robinson all named to one of the two all-SEC teams. With Drinkwitz taking home coach of the year, yeah, I reckon award season is going to be a lot of fun this year. Number three. Cardinals held their Sonny Gray press conference yesterday. Uh, three years, $75 million was reported amount on that contract. And I think if you got a chance to listen to the presser, Gray endeared himself well, the Cardinals fans. Started off by saying he didn't really have any remarks prepared, but talked for a long while and answered questions in a pretty impassioned way that seemed to come off really genuine. He's a competitor. He talked about wanting to win and wanting to be a culture setter for the clubhouse. I really do think the Cardinals got a good one. Number four. Oh, a shanked it. Mizzou versus Pittsburgh in college basketball tonight at Pitt, part of the SEC-ACC challenge, as Missouri looks to keep its perfect road record intact. Tigers are 5-2 and two overall on the year. Remember, they won that comeback victory at Minnesota. And they're coming off another win now that was probably closer than it should have been, 78-80 to 80 against Loyola. And I'm still not loving the way Gates is dividing up these minutes. He's shortening the rotation without actually doing it. Six guys, only six, saw double-digit minutes in that game. But five of them had 22 or more, yet 13 guys played in the game. Make some decisions, Dennis. Number five. What is the foul? 
fingers. Side of the face. Slap. Corey Perry, brother, what did you do to Connor Bedard's mom? That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. Oh, boy. 875-KTGR. The, the people need oh, to know. They don't need to know. It's, it's not safe for air. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. Wow. Um, wow. No, no. That's the rumor. I get it. I know it's the rumor. I understand that. That's I don't the think we shouldn't go spreading happened. around rumors on this program. No, but I, if I follow it up by saying, "Hey, here's what the people are talking about," I'll clarify that. You know, I don't think that's what actually happened. I've seen like respected reporters saying, "Guys, stop do stop talking about this. This didn't happen." Something clearly happened. The Blackhawks waving Corey Perry and saying, "Once he clears waivers, he's he's going to be released from his contract outright." And basically, he violated some, you know, some some standards, some team rules, and that was that. But I, I thought they were supposed to be having a press conference. I don't know if that has happened. If they've said a lot about what it pertained to, but that's the rumor mill is saying it pertained to mm-hmm. Connor Bedard's mother on a on a recent mom's trip for the team. And I'm just saying, regardless of the veracity of the rumor, I think it's false. That sucks for Connor Bedard. Like now, this is this is out there, even if it's completely false. You're 18 years old trying to break your way into the league, and imagine what the other players will say to you on the ice. Like, you're already the young, you know, yeah. wonderkind of the NHL. That's a, that is a weird spot to be in, is my honest analysis of this whole thing. That is bizarre if you're, if you're Connor Bedard. Like, it's, you didn't do anything to start this rumor. Yeah. It was just, like, some random text that somebody said, hey, I heard this, and it, you, you get a screenshot on social media now, and it, it snowballs from there. That's just a bummer for Connor for Connor Bedard, yeah. man, trying to make his way. He's been really good too. Like his first year, like uh, at least for for the first part of the season, you know, yeah. he's been living up to the hype and and all that, and could be one of the next future stars. Like ah, but uh, again, Corey Perry, if you if you get cut from the team for the, that quickly, I suppose it was when the rumor starts he, to come out, something, something he did, right? Something he did. And the craziest part to me is that when they brought Corey Perry in, they really wanted him to be like a, a guiding presence, Connor like Bedard's a father figure almost. Mentor, you know? pretty much, yeah. More like a, well, I would have used the word father figure. Oh, yeah, you, you, come can to, on. you All right. Come you on. can choose to go whatever direction you would like to, go, to take on that this one. This one happened to Logan Cooley. Man. Go Yotes. <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know the reference. I'm sorry. If there are some out there who know the reference. Uh, if it's a Phoenix Coyotes player, I can guarantee you. It's I not even the Phoenix the Coyotes. It's uh, it's the Arizona Coyotes now. Um, See, shows what I know. And we're a Phoenix based sports show. You should know that Bummer. still, even though they're not in Glendale. I think when we talk about hockey, we talk about uh, we look like maybe a giraffe on actual ice. Uh, oh, absolutely. To talk about it, but much. I can talk about you know this Corey Perry stuff all day if you if you're really interested in. <laughs> I'm not in the weeds actually. On uh, thank you very much. Instead, I'm interested in where Mizzou might be playing a bowl game. Uh, oh, good. On. We could argue about in the about ACC <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. You know by now it's true, right? The ACC is getting two. It's getting two in the in the New Year's Six, and it's unavoidable. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, it is that. Um, the, the Oklahoma State and Iowa part of that that's a little the part that's more meaningful still scary yeah um if they win both of their conference championship games they knock texas and uh who is it michigan off the mantle that muddies the waters well they knock them off the mantle so to speak but still probably above mizzou which would be the problem right like you would have to have yep. iowa in a new year's six you'd have to have oklahoma state in a new year's six but those other teams like michigan it hasn't lost so they're not getting bumped 
behind Mizzou in the pecking order. That's why it matters Michigan, to Tiger fans. Maybe Texas. I mean, Texas is only maybe two Texas. spots away. But... How high is Oklahoma State, though, going to climb? Which is going to be, like, that's going to make their loss look better. Their theoretical loss, Texas's, is going to be like, oh, they lost to a team now ranked in the top 15 or whatever. Like, that's the concern, is that the loss doesn't end up looking too bad for Texas. They were 20 in the past ranking, uh, Oklahoma State go up. was. No, probably I go bet up. you Oklahoma they're State 19, is above. They're 19 in the AP, just for reference. Ooh, AP, where is Louisville? I think they're probably still above 19. They are still and above 19, yes. They dropped down be... to 15. I'm going to be fascinated to see where Louisville is in the CFP because yeah. I bet they take a tumble. I mean, they lost to Kentucky. That's not a, it's not a ranked team. That's not a team that's on anybody's radar. So I wonder what that's going to do for Louisville um, and how closely related Oklahoma State and Louisville are. The bummer is the way the stupid bowl system works. It's better than it used to be with the bowl tie-ins, but now it's like you still get a, a, a meaningless ACC team in one of the biggest bowls of the year in the Orange Bowl. If Florida State wins, they're probably going to the playoff, although that's going to be such an interesting conversation. Would they leave out an undefeated team no, that lost its quarterback? It. No. You don't think so? Nope. Not nope. if Oregon beats Didn't do Washington. it when Ohio State had Cardale Jones running things. Like, they didn't do it then, so Cardale why do it Jones, now? Cardale Jones, though, I think Cardale Jones had shown a little bit more previous to like that final decision where they knew that Ohio State was going to be okay. Not just, look, I I understand it's eye test. I understand you want the four best teams in there. I understand that Florida State is not necessarily one of the best teams out there without their quarterback. What if they barely beat Louisville? It's a three-point game. Because the the resume matters. The the season you had matters. If you go undefeated in a Power 5 schedule and you win your conference championship and there aren't more than four undefeated conference champs out there, you're in. Like, uh, no questions asked. Isn't that what happened to Washington that one year they were in the playoff and they got bonked by, uh, was it Alabama? Alabama was who got they, uh, yeah. I mean, this happens all the time. Sure. This happens. Sure, I, but here's my, they put together the seasons that are deserving me, of being in a playoff. It's all I'm saying. And you're saying Ohio State, you don't even get to go to your conference championship game, but what if Ohio State stays up pretty high in the rankings after the loss. That's going to be very interesting. That's the most interesting part of tonight is where Ohio State is. I would, personally, I would put them six. That's where they are in the AP. That's where they are in the uh, the coaches poll, I believe, too. Who are the top five of the AP then that that box out Ohio State? Right the now? Uh, it's Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Oregon is the only one loss team ahead of Ohio State, and I think that's right. Um, Texas is right behind them. You can maybe make a case for Texas. I don't think it holds up well to. enough. Like I think Could Ohio Texas State's, lose to uh, Oklahoma. Uh, so I mean, Ohio State has one of the best. Ohio State yeah. has one of the best losses in the country. That's their only loss, and they also have wins against teams like Penn State and Notre Dame to prop them up. Uh, I'd say that 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 does trump what Texas has done so far. I agree with that, but argue me Oregon versus Ohio State tonight. Oregon, because I might lean Ohio State. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, the way that Oregon stomped Oregon State. This past weekend sure. does do a lot for me. I mean, it, and then they also have Utah. Their only loss is also to their losses are equal. Like uh, Ohio State, Oregon losses are almost equal because Michigan and Washington are going to be right next to each other. They're both undefeated. They're playing for a conference championship. Wash right there. So let's so you look, look at, at the, the wins. I mean, look at the wins. I mean, Ohio State to me 
Well, I also can look at the losses, and Michigan's above Washington for me. But I guess you're right. Like you're not gonna, you're it's not gonna poo poo the Washington like, loss. And both like, of them wa- have really. Mm, it was a close game the first time too. No, I understand. Like they were both close games. Where or, was that game at? Oregon, uh, Washington. Oregon, Washington. It was at Washington. Um, so, so it is pretty identical. Road loss. Yeah. Road loss by a possession. For Ohio State at Michigan. Um, Goodness. And look, they both routed some of their opponents that they needed to route. They have some ranked wins. I mean, Oregon's ranked win over Colorado is not a ranked win anymore. You don't really count that. Dang it. I was just going to make a joke and say, you know what? I think you got to go Oregon because they, they beat Colorado by such a big margin. That's a great ranked win. I was going to make that joke and you yeah, took my thunder. No, but I understand. I, like, okay, Ohio State, though, went to Notre Dame. I know yeah. the Notre Dame's got three losses, but yeah. that's a big win in the Penn State one, I think, is also pretty relevant. So is, you know, though going to Utah, that's what Oregon did, and they beat Utah, Utah by 29. Is Utah ranked? Utah's not Utah ranked was, in the CFP. They were ranked 13 at the time. At the time. Don't give me the at the time. They're not that team. I no, understand. I think it's Ohio State. You're going to see Ohio State 5, and you're going to see Oregon 6. That's going to be the switch the CFP that's makes. That's going to be... Me. It's going to be fascinating, but uh, the, yes, the way is. that Oregon won against Oregon State, I think, says a lot. Like they, in Oregon State's, a, I mean, that's a good, solid, a good team. Mizzou got a simple. Uh, Mizzou got a big jump from how they stomped on Tennessee it's, that Tennessee, one point. You're right? They yeah. look at what your recent win was and how you won it. I think Oregon gets a bump from that. So Oof. I, I think Ohio, I would put Ohio State six. They're still ahead of. Uh, Texas and Alabama right now in the one loss uh, column, um, but we know. we could do this at the top for days, and I think after tonight we will the rest of the week just because we're not we're, once bowl week or I'm sorry once championship weekend's over they're just going to tell us pretty quick right it's going to be Sunday Sunday like eleven a.m. or something like that rather yep. than Tuesday we've been having to no, wait yeah. for every Tuesday. Tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun to say all right what are the machinations but I do want to get to Mizzou and ask you. Is there any world in which you get surprised by tonight, firstly? Like, are they going to be nine? Is there going to be any weirdness? I don't expect them to move at all. I think they'd be around nine. I don't think they could be anything I, other than nine. I don't nine. think anybody jumps them. I, I don't think they, they don't jump, jump anybody. anybody either because Texas and Alabama both won. I mean, the committee really wanted to be uh, kind of uh, <laughs> sticklers about this and drop Alabama because of winning a close uh, last the minute Ironman? fourth and goal from the 31 in the iron did you see they had a 99.9 percent by the oh analytics yeah, yeah yeah to lose yep which i mean i guess but couldn't there be a defensive pass interference like those analytics need to bake that in sure a bit more, sure I understand. I understand at the same time mizzou had a 99.9 percent of losing on fourth and 17 against florida and so they, there's that yeah. and they ended up winning i I think let's just call it like ninety nine point five. That's just it's happened twice okay. now. Yeah. So I think we probably need to update our analytics on that a little bit. But I to your point, uh I, I think they're right at nine. Like the Andy Staples of the world, we talked about him oh, from boy. on three, seems to think that the committee could reevaluate. Right he thinks that the the committee could reevaluate and say, Well, you know, Missouri's win over Kansas State doesn't look as good. They lost to Iowa State in the snow there. Uh, you know, maybe Ole Miss really deserves a boost. Oh, I just don't see any way after Ole Miss barely beat their rival, Missouri curb stomped their rival, that they're going to go back and say, "Well, you know that thing that happened in September? We were we really were giving Mizzou too much credit for that. We got to go back and change it." I just don't think there's any way you see 
Penn State or Ole Miss leap Missouri. It would shock me to my core. Yeah, and if if it does happen, then we riot, honestly. Like, we are going to have a yeah, hell of a show tomorrow. Just, so yeah. just wanted to make sure we were all on record and in no, agreement yeah. on that. Yeah. We should see Mizzou at 9, and then we can you know, debate that what we see in the top 4, 5, 6, or whatever, because there's a lot of ways that this could go. I'm going to try to stump you tomorrow. I'm going to try to come up. Once, once we know the rankings, I'm going to try to come up with a way to get you to say undefeated Florida State should be left out because you've been pretty firm on saying you're not going to – you're not going to feel that way. So I'm going to try to come up with something on you tomorrow. Okay. But for now, Missouri, I mean, what do we what do we think? Like, if they're still at nine, it, it still kind of all is the same in terms of what lays before them. And for whatever reason, I just can't shake the nagging feeling. It's going to be Tulane. I don't know where, but that's going to be the opponent. Peach it's going to be Tulane in one of the New Year's Six, probably the Peach Bowl, which will be cool. But I just, if am it's I wrong Tulane, for not wanting it? If it's like, Tulane, they'd probably go to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I am, I, yeah, I'm fearful of that too. I would not want to see the G5 team at all, whoever it is, whether it's Tulane or for a couple heck, maybe, reasons. Heck, maybe SMU all of a sudden upsets them. Now, what's like they could they could beat it? Well, Liberty yeah, would beat be it. Liberty is also in, in there. Liberty would also have to lose in that sense. So Liberty could be in the mix. I mean, that'd be an undefeated team. I suppose Liberty. Last week, Liberty was 25, Tulane yeah. was 23. Yeah. So it could Dude, be Liberty. If it's Liberty, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> like, no offense to Liberty. No, I understand. But nobody, we're not trying to see that game. First of all, they're going to be plucky Liberty and probably beat you just because they, you know, it's, it would be such a massive disappointment. At least Tulane won a big bowl game against USC last year. There's something, some cachet to that program. Um, I think it'd be more fun to have it in, like, you know, Atlanta, New Orleans, one of those kind of, I guess it can't be New Orleans. But anyway, like, I might as well put Tulane where their fans are to have it be an environment. But I just would rather see, I'd rather see Penn State. I'd rather see one of the the bigger brands. I think that would make for a more interesting. Give me, even though they're coming to the uh, the, the SEC next year, give me Texas. But I just, Over Tulane, and, yes. Over yeah. Tulane, I don't mean to be, like, dismissive. I feel like it's going to come off the wrong way. It's just like, Tulane in Mizzou, kind of like in a similar way. I know Tulane's not a power conference team, but in a similar way, it's like often overlooked and not really. Nobody's looking at their schedule probably going on a national branding perspective going, all right, Missouri, we get to play Missouri. We here are all about Missouri, but you can see how nationally Missouri's always underappreciated, underestimated. And so I don't think, same thing as March Madness. It's not always my favorite to see like, an eight nine or a seven ten matchup, and it's like two mid majors. It's you you pit VCU against Davidson. No, we want to see those teams get to play the power conference opponents that they can topple because it still kind of has that little guy versus the Goliath feeling. I guess it'd be David versus Goliath if I want to get my analogies <laughs> yeah. accurate. But you know what I'm saying? I just Missouri Tulane. It feels redundant. Put both of those programs against the Goliath and let. Let them show their their wares. That would be my request, I guess, from the committee. Eight seven five KTGR. If you want to give us a call or a text, James texting in. They'll probably give us Tulane because they figure Mizzou is not a national brand and won't draw a viewing audience anyway. They is a very loosely used term there. Here's the thing: like, there's a lot of people in this, this room work? that have different type of motives. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah. it's the bowls themselves who are trying to create the best matchup out but of what also, they have left. But they who have has to precedent. Kinda, 
yeah, they have it's, to kind of share and it's work it's together. hard. I I understand that it gets very convoluted. Um, here's the other thing you have to keep in mind: uh, Alabama's most likely going to be in this mix. Mizzou's not going to; they're not going to match up with Mizzou. And they're also probably not going to match up with Texas either because they played early in the season. So, like, Alabama oh, right. is only going to be matched up with, like, they can only be matched up with three possible it opponents. It should be Tulane. It should absolutely be Tulane. Two programs from the same part of the conference. Yeah. You know, Tulane used to be in the SEC a million years ago, right? Like, you could find <laughs> you, could, you could find some, some cachet surrounding that, I, I suppose. Alabama doesn't need it. They need to be in the CFP or they just don't care. That's a way to hype up the Tulane game is we want Bama. All those little programs over the years that say we want Bama. Okay, Tulane, you've got Bama. That's how you can draw in viewers with that game. I think it would be it would compel me as a neutral party. So give that to them and let Mizzou play Penn State or is there a way that Mizzou could play the loser of the Pac twelve title game? Because that would be number one with a ball. I mean that I, would be the one, right? I suppose it's possible. It's just, again, it comes down to geography. Do you, like if Mizzou doesn't get matched with the Cotton Bowl or or the Peach Bowl, if they want to go with other matchups there, or if the Fiesta well, decides, like, yeah, all I that. Mean, well, I mean, might, the, the schools purposes. do, and the, and the bowls probably do for, you know, selling tickets and getting fans interested in the game and everything like that, proximity, things of that nature. Sure, um, I understand that. So, I mean, it, that matters to the bowls. It doesn't matter to us. Um, but, uh, again, we're we're talking about the, the ways that that would have to happen, and I think if Mizzou didn't get the invite to the Cotton Bowl for matchup reasons or something like that, or didn't get the invite to the Peach Bowl, then maybe the Fiesta Bowl is the one that they end up going to. That's fine. Yeah. That's not a that's not a consolation prize to me. Oh. I care more about matchup than bowl name or location or anything like that as a fan that just wants to see my team up against the most compelling program that you can give us at this point. And I think you're right with what you said yesterday that it's going to be very the machination that makes it Ohio State feels almost impossible. Yeah. Once we know the rankings tonight, we can dive into that a little more tomorrow and, and just circle back. But I think, again, Washington and Oregon feels like almost a play-in game to the CFP, and the the loser is going to be in one of these prominent bowl games. So I would really have a lot of fun seeing Mizzou take on one of those teams. It'd be excellent. Um, it would be excellent. What you described, though, about Alabama and Texas almost not being viable as a match since they've already played, Yeah, that makes me think Mizzou-Texas could be very viable. That might end, about, just end up being the matchup by default, yeah. you know, because that might be because all the, the stuff. Because yep. the geography kind of makes sense for both both parties to play it in in Dallas, obviously. So, and, te- and Texas plays in Dallas this weekend, right? That's So they would be yeah. in the yeah. same stadium True. twice in a row. Yep. So, anyway, I wouldn't mind it. How would you feel about it, Mizzou, Texas? Knowing that, like, they're going to be conference opponents, but it's still, there's been a lot of juice and some bad blood. You no, look, the I'm fine Lingo with Bowl. it. I'm I mean, fine with it. I think it'd be I, fun. I, I think it'd be fun. The, like, the Mizzou fans right now say they would hate it. No, you're not. You're still going to watch it. You're still going to want Mizzou to win. Same way that you always do in a bowl game. Like, you're I would like want it. to, I would really, that's for whatever reason, the one that I'd really love to go to. You know, uh, like and, and yeah, same the, thing. Like, proximity. Like, it's just right because it's like, oh, it's right there. It's just a jaunt down down the highway i've made that drive a dozen times i mean i could do i could do that like I it's know. also I it really it's also a game. very it's a very favorable time to like friday night 
It is uh, Friday of, night. Of, yeah. uh, of New Year's weekend. You then get your whole weekend to yourself. You get the bowl game out of the way and all that. That's I'll have to pull off another. Me, but, uh, uh, I was going to say, I'll have to pull off another. What was it the last time? I had Trevin Brazil like in my trunk or something on the way back from <laughs> from, from something. From, uh, and I called in. Yeah, I, can't I can't remember, remember what, what that was. was. It was spring no. training, I think it was. Oh, that's right. Last year's spring training. During transfer ago, portal season uh, a couple yeah. of years ago. Classic. Oh, gosh. He's but, doing great over at Arkansas. They're, he's doing some weird stuff all the time yeah. at Arkansas. Like his, He's getting like technical fouls and weird stuff going on whatever anyway like kicking guys when they're dead and i don't know yeah what he's doing some weird was. he kicked yeah. a guy yeah i don't Come know on. whatever mizzou's gonna play him and it's gonna be i don't i'm not ready for that because <laughs> i gotta see more from the mizzou basketball team before that matchup yeah. comes to oh fruition, you'll see more tonight uh let's get into it yeah Pitt. that'll be uh coming up next we'll talk about what could happen between the panthers and tigers in the inaugural SECACC Challenge. Uh, we'll discuss that coming up next. And then Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, joins us at 545 on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Keep getting your calls and texts in about Mizzou and the potential bowl game scenarios. 875-KTGR. Here with Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris. Bill texting in. Uh, Texas has said they want a bowl outside of Texas. Uh, he thinks Penn State, MU, and Cotton. Cotton Bowl has no say on who they get. It's all the CFP committee, which uh, very well could be the case. Uh, I don't claim to know everything about it. Yeah, that's but, what um, I was wondering is, like, if the committee gets to play matchmaker nowadays. I think a little it, bit, they yeah. have more pull than the Bulls themselves, at least than it used to be. I it, That would be surprising if Texas has, it says that they want a bull outside of Texas. I don't know what eh, it's like. I could see that, actually. From their perspective, like, oh, you always just say it's easy, stick them in the Cotton Bowl. And as a program, they might say, let us get in front of a new region, a new audience. Maybe it helps recruit. Maybe the Peach Bowl uh, helps a little that. bit more, you would think, yeah. in Atlanta. I, the SEC, yeah, that 100%. Sure. Yeah. That's where they'd want to be if they had their druthers, I bet. So uh, they, they probably prefer that over the Cotton for now in this uh, in this day and age. So, um, but, but no, we'll see. Uh, Again, it just it seems that the way you would have to match them up with the limitations you might have with Alabama and who you can match them up with, the tie-in right. with the Orange Bowl, it might just have to be the default matchup. Who knows? But, uh, again, we'll wait to see what the CFP reveals tonight. We'll wait and see how the championship games come up uh, later on. Also got this message from, uh, from Matt. Hey, do you guys think the fact that Mizzou has sold out most of the home games helps bowl committees want to pick them for their bowl? Potentially. Um, I, I think the TV money matters the, the most. The TV possibilities are more of a driver than ticket sales these days. But it's not to say that ticket sales are nothing. I uh, think if this is a hard kind of line to walk, but I think if Mizzou weren't in the New Year's Six and they were kind of in that pool of – yeah, maybe there's some wiggle room and the Bulls get to kind of have more of a say. It might have more of an effect because at that level, I think it does matter more. What's your attendance going to be like? A Bull would like to be well attended. If they're paying attention, Matt, I would say that, yeah, that would have some impact. But also, I think Andy's right. It is going to come down to the TV money. But I do hope they're paying attention to notice nationally that Mizzou has been well supported at home this year. I think that should stand for something. Well, and those those games are getting the attention too. They've been on CBS uh, oh, several yeah, they, times. And ESPN uh, good, night game good windows Florida. on ESPN. Yeah, like it's, yeah, 
it, they've gotten the attention for sure. So um, we'll we'll see what, how that factors into it with the New Year's Six. 875-5847, call or text us here. Uh, tell us what you want to see in Mizzou's bowl matchup later on this winter. Tonight you're going to see Mizzou men's basketball at Pittsburgh in the yeah. SEC-ACC Challenge. Mizzou is about a, I think, a, like a nine-and-a-half-point dog in this game. No kidding? Um, yeah. It was like five-and-a-half earlier. Maybe it. I Maybe mean, it's been going up, and that's not a surprise. No, it's not. I mean, it's not wrong. I don't the way think Mizzou, it's wrong. I, I, I mean, look, they won their last couple of games, but not very convincingly. They, I'm seeing seven, seven right now. Seven, okay, so that's about okay. Ken Palm, I believe, has it at nine. Uh, okay. They do, but um, yeah, last couple of games for Mizzou had to create this big time turnaround in the second half to beat South Carolina State by 23. Um, I think that just barely missed the cover, if I'm not mistaken. And then right. slog it out game against Loyola, Maryland, a team that's right near South Carolina State in stature. I mean, just it, it's been games that you should win by a lot more than they have been winning, and that's kind of c- the concern here. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think this, this team might be in for a, a rough time. Pitt is a tall team, and Mizzou's not. So They're going to out-rebound you, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a great, um, it's not a great matchup. So, and and when you talk about going on the road for this game, if you get punched in the mouth the same way, you got punched in the mouth early against Minnesota, you are not coming back from twenty points down against this. No, team. I don't think so. Nope, not I don't. I do not think you are. Pitt is forty fourth, I believe, in Ken Palm. For reference, Memphis at thirty eight. So you could say similar in terms of caliber, but this isn't at Mizzou Arena. This is on the road. Yeah. I think it's a bad matchup for Mizzou. I think Dennis Gates needs to commit. I think he needs to commit to the players that he believes can help him in whatever his goal is. If that's to win as many games as possible to make a a postseason tournament bid and try and make that happen this year. If it's to lean a little bit more spoken or unspoken into development of younger players because you think maybe next year might be the year that really Mizzou basketball can kind of get its footing and get where it wants to go. I think Dennis needs to commit to whatever that's going to look like, Andy, because I, I read the stat in the top five at five, but against Loyola, Loyola, Maryland, they won by eight, another kind of uninspiring win in my estimation. You played like 13 guys that saw the floor. You did limit the rotation somewhat in that you had six guys that played double-digit minutes. That's not as many as we had seen, I don't believe. No. You had five guys that played at least 22 minutes. So the narrowing is happening. Those scattered minutes, you have to figure it out quickly, I think, which guys that are getting those scattered minutes need to play no minutes and which of them need to be more of a part of the rotation that they're getting 10 to 12 minutes, and you can actually get into a bit more of a rhythm as a player. I I think you need to pare it down at some point. Um, you can decide to not do that until conference season if you really wanted to, Andy, but I feel like it should come sooner because of the fact that you're playing tougher Conference or non-conference games this time around. It's not like it was last year when you waited until you know mid-December basically to have some of those games. They're already happening, and I really would like to see the Tigers win as many of those as they can. Um, so for me, I just want to see shorter rotation. And personally, I lean toward the younger players and the freshmen getting those minutes than a oh. number of the transfers that have been. That's my even, take. Even Tamar Bates, you think? Like. Um, well, he only got like eight minutes against Loyola, he so did, give, yeah. 
He, he had three fouls, work. too, so like yeah, foul trouble foul probably trouble. factored in. It's clear they trust a few guys. It's clearly trust yes. Sean East. They trust Nick Honor. They trust uh, Noah Carter. Beyond that, Indy in that game, the number four in minutes, I believe, was Caleb Grill, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, man, he, it he was, was him up there. Or, uh, and Anthony Robinson was up there. And That's the freshman that they seem to trust the most. So um, the 22 minutes you gave him, keep him coming. Are we convinced that Caleb Grill should play 27 minutes, or are, are you not to that point yet where you think that's a problem? I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it. You do have, you do need experience not. out there. <laughs> if he's not shooting I, well, then like, look, there's there can be yeah, hot and cold points. nights for him, and I think Dennis Gates needs to recognize that as much yes. as anybody and and make the adjustment. Here, here's because Tamar Bates is yeah. another example of yes. a guy that if he gets an opportunity, maybe he shoots his hot into that role. Offensively, yep. you can get a spark from him. You're absolutely right. You got to nail down your rotation, and you got to do it fast because the games are here. Like the tough games are here. The, You're the, playing them. You, you put these games on the schedule for a reason, so that you could play your team out there and try and win them and add to the NCAA tournament resume more so than you could have last year with the cupcakes that you played through the first nine. But the time is now. December is going to be a tough month for your team. It is time to make sure that you have the guys out there that can handle it because conference play is not going to relent afterward. And this is going to be a very comparable opponent to who you are facing in conference play. As a matter of fact, if you put Pitt in the SEC, they're probably top half. Like, this is a good team. So you have a real test tonight that you can uh, try and stack up your best against their best and just see what happens. I think you've got to give yourself every opportunity to, to maximize your potential in this game instead of just... Uh, let's figure out if the freshman can handle these big roles or, or things like that. That's where I would lean, try to win the game. And, and, and that's what I'm best. saying. The freshman, really, I would say, is Robinson. Like, you can trust him now. I think Keep him and, yes. and play him a lot. Make the decision on the other ones, whether they play a little or not at all at this point in time, and make a decision on some of the transfers that you brought in and you were excited about them, Andy, but they maybe don't need to play basketball this year. Yeah. That's I mean, again, or at least not not, not in not in huge roles, you know. Like it, yeah. You can't play them all. It's no. not it's not to diminish any one person, but you. Can, I don't think it's good for the rhythm of the team to say, "Hey, we've got you know four guys that we really trust. We've got this fifth one that we're kind of forcing right now, regardless of whether he shoots well." And then everybody else, you get to play five minutes. It, what if instead of five minutes, you get you cut it down to ten people, and the person who was trying to prove himself in five minutes can do it in 13. Like, you give yeah. you give these guys some time to actually have. So I think that's what's hopefully going to come. Uh, but it's going to be a tough test tonight. You got a who you got, Andy, for this one? I'm taking Pitt. I, I think, yeah, they, I win, think, so I think they win by 10. I was going to say, I was gonna say like, Pitt 77 to 65. I'm a, I'm a little pessimistic about this one. I think the rebounding is going to be a problem. Against a bigger pit team. I'm going to go something in the 80s, 8272. It's my guess. Okay. Uh, so that's where I'll yep. go for that one. Ah, you can hear oh, it. Prove us wrong. Yeah, prove us wrong. Prove. Well, you we're can tune in to see if we're wrong. Uh, after our show, coverage will start from Pittsburgh between Mizzou and Pitt in the SEC ACC Challenge. 875KTGR if you want to get your thoughts in. We're talking with Brian Smith, the Mizzou wrestling coach, on the start of Big 12 play coming this weekend. That's next. You're listening to the Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. 
We are back here on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy, Brendan, and producer Chris. And it is now Mizzou wrestling season in full swing as the Tigers, uh, a couple of weeks ago, got their first dual victory of the season. And it was a pretty impressive one as Tiger Style Wrestling defeated Arizona State by a score of 39-6 to last Sunday in their uh, first uh, dual competition of the season. And that also coming off the Tiger Style invite where they took first place there and here to talk with us about it is brian smith the head coach of bazoo wrestling here on the ktgr hotline coach just uh from the first couple of competitions that you've seen your team uh go out and wrestle what's been the main takeaway from how you've seen your guys approach them oh getting better you know we keep improving the things we're working on in the room so i mean i'd like to see some more pins you know just in the dual meet but that that will come. Our guys are working for them. We just got to, we did get a bunch of bonus points, but I would like to see more pins and getting off the mat. Yeah, and and really to have that type of early challenge too. I mean, Arizona State's a, a team that you like to have uh, on the schedule, uh, and this was, I believe, the the largest margin of victory that you had had against the Sun Devils in school history. So just to have you know just a comprehensive effort from top to bottom from your from your starting lineup in that one, how'd that feel? And what did you see as they kept uh, getting better in some of those matches? Um. It was good. You know, it's a it's a challenging team. They had a couple guys out with injuries, which is part of wrestling. But, uh, you know, we stepped up and didn't worry about who was in front of us and just wrestled hard. But, uh, you know, we had we took a couple a couple losses in there from some of our first time starters. And those guys uh, had some tough matches, but have the ability to win those. And so working with those and then a couple other guys just held back early in the match and then realized, man, when I open up, I can score a lot of points. So it's getting them to wrestle the complete seven minutes is what we've got to get out of our guys. And because we don't have an easy schedule. Everybody on our schedule is tough. I mean, Oklahoma this weekend will be, they're ranked top 20. I think everybody on our schedule is ranked in the top 20. So it's, it's, it's a challenging schedule that I put together on purpose because of the maturity of this team. Mizzou wrestling coach Brian Smith joining us here on the big show KTGR and KTGR.com. And you talked about some of those players that are stepping into those starter roles and kind of getting a little bit more uh, experience there. But what have you seen from, from the younger group? I know some of your, your red shirt uh, wrestlers that, you know, got a little bit of experience the last year or so, uh, especially Clayton Whiting, uh, who got that major decision to help clinch the duel in the end. Uh, what have you seen from that group as they, kind of take a step forward and want to try and uh, staff that uh, starting lineup a little bit more? Well, they're big recruits. I mean, Clayton was a top, was the number one kid at his weight class in the country. So it's a kid, you know, we have expect high expectations for. And, you know, he's he was well coached in high school. and He's from the Askern Academies also. That we, you know, we expect them to go out there and, and, and score points and dominate. And, uh, and the same... And, and the same with a couple other guys. Uh, Zeke Seltzer lost a tough match, but he was wrestling a, a kid that's ranked in the top 10, you know, close to the top 10, and gave him, you know, scored the takedown, just didn't put a complete seven. But he has the ability, and that's our job as coaches, to, to bring the best of him out. And so we'll keep working with him. 
Yeah, and you know, you always do mention as as you talked about earlier, you know, getting pins, uh, getting bonus points, however you can get those uh, the, those extras to to help out the team scores is always going to be a huge deal going forward. And uh, with a guy like uh, Noah Certain at the the very top in the 125 uh, weight class, usually leading off a lot of these duels at times, uh, to to have him get uh, three pins uh, early on so far in the season, uh, all of them in just about two minutes or so, or viewer just uh what's kind of been the the main way that you've seen him really attack those those early competitions well it's his fourth year as a you know in the lineup he's been to nationals three times uh he still has two years which is nice thank you covid if there's any way you want to thank it but he uh just the confidence he brings to the mat side and he's really developed his offense where he was I don't want to say limited, but he struggled with scoring and getting on top, and he's a great top wrestler. So with him having this confidence in his, you know, his single legs, then it opens up his front headlocks, and and uh, he's just he goes out there with confidence that I want to dominate this guy and and put him on his back, and he's doing it. I mean, he's come close, if not led the team in pins in the last couple of years, and I, I don't see it changing this year. And I think he's going to step it up even more or just with the confidence he brings to the mat side. Mizzou wrestling coach Brian Smith joining us here on the big show KTGR and KTGR.com. And I, I mean, you talk about uh, him as, as being a redshirt guy and having all that experience, of course, with the, with the extra year. But you, you talk about some of these younger players and a lot of them have uh, those redshirt seasons also. And uh, I, I'm sure because the, the redshirt rules did, did tweak a little bit to allow them uh, a bit more of a chance to play in some of those competitions. How has that kind of helped uh, your team in particular with some of the depth that you have? Well, it's great. Like the Tiger Style invite, we were we had a bunch of our true freshmen there, and we're allowed five dates where they can compete for us and still red shirts. So that's a lot of dates. So we try to do it more in tournament. I'd like to, you know, you'd like to get them in a dual meet, but it's tough with our schedule to, unless they're the starter, to put them in a duel that's a top top team. But uh, we took a bunch to the Tiger Style invite, and guys like Carter McAllister and Jared Stoner, and they were they were doing a good job. All of them placed and did a good, good job out there, and they're getting the experience of being, in you know, putting on the singlet. We'll take a bunch to the Cougar Clash on Saturday, the day after the duel with Oklahoma, and we'll have some of them wrestling there too. So it just in a sport like wrestling, and it's it's very similar. Football has a similar rule to it that with uh, injuries can happen, you need that depth and you need those kids to get experience on the mat, not just in the practice room, to be prepared if they have to step in the lineup. So it's it's been helpful. For sure. And so that'll be, uh, uh, I'm sure, uh, a good uh, chance to get some guys on the mat later on this weekend in uh, the, the Cougar Clash. And for, before that, you, you talk about the duel with Oklahoma, again, a top 20 school that you'll be facing. And it's also the opening of Big 12 play. So obviously a, a big chance for your group to to get a, a big victory here. Just what's the, the, the main way that you want to see your team attack this one, especially with what Oklahoma maybe brings to the table here? Well, Oklahoma has, I think, you know, they, they definitely they have a new head coach, an entire new coaching staff. They have like five guys they picked up in the portal. So it's a different you know, wrestling team than we wrestled last year. There are some of their experienced guys back, but they have a really tough team. 
and uh, they're going to challenge for the Big 12 title this year, you know, and give us some pressure for that. So it's something we got to be prepared for. I like the way we prepared for Arizona State, and now we got to take it to another level because they're going to be excited to wrestle us. I think we lost one match in the duel last year, and they'll they'll take note of that, and they're going to come in a little bit fired up. Most teams do when they get to wrestle us. They're going to bring their best. So our guys just got to, you know, focus on – what they're we talk about it all the time what they do best and follow their process through a match and not get discouraged if it's not there just keep working for it good things are going to happen we have a lineup where we can score points and that's part of our mindset is scoring points all the time and if we go out and execute that game plan we'll, we'll be in good shape for sure, and and I'll bet it's nice to have uh, a lot of home duels very early on in the season. Of course, you get this one at home, and then uh, next week you'll take on Wyoming at the Hearn Center, then Air Force uh, in another conference matchup not uh, long after that. Uh, so to, to uh, first of all, get that first good crowd uh, on uh, last Sunday against Arizona State, what do you think it'll feel like uh, at the Hearn Center these next few as he gets uh, a few home uh, matches here in a row? Oh, I hope the crowds come out. I mean, we have a very talented team that, that likes to put on a show. I think we're ranked second or third in the country. So, you know, it's just something that you don't always get to see teams like this level that I hope fans will come out and uh, appreciate what they get to see, like a Keegan O'Toole. You know, there aren't too many two-time national champs and world champions walking around the campus. So they get to watch one of the elite athletes in all sport. That uh, I hope people will come. You know, I hear people say, like, I've never been to a wrestling match. Well, come, check it out. We've been in the top ten for eight years. Come check this out and see the level of talent and the ability that these guys bring to the mat for the Tigers. So I hope people will come. We do get our, our solid fan base, but I'd love to see – you know, I saw Iowa State sold out a, a whole their, the whole Hilton Center this past weekend, and I, I'd love to start getting crowds of you know big crowds like that with the team we have. For sure. So again, uh, their next uh, their next chance to your next chance, I should say, to catch Tiger Style Wrestling is this Friday night at the Hearn Center as they take on number twenty Oklahoma. The Tigers off to a good start with a one and zero record in dual play so far. And head coach Brian Smith joining us here on the Big Show to talk all things Mizzou wrestling. Thanks, coach, for for coming on as always. Uh, thanks uh, once again, and uh, good luck this weekend with all the competitions. We'll see you soon. Appreciate it, Andy. No problem. All right. All right. It's great to talk with Brian Smith here on the Big Show KTGR. And that just about does it for us here on the show. Thanks also to Will Carroll, the injury expert, for joining us earlier today. Mizzou men's basketball is coming up next. They're taking on Pitt in the SEC-ACC Challenge with tip-off at 6.30. Coverage will start once we're done here. And join us tomorrow from 4 to 6. We'll react to that game and the updated college football playoff rankings. He's Brendan. He's producer Chris. I'm Andy. We're done for now.